Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I got to say, of all the days for me to be fighting a laryngitis, this is not a great one. Two show Monday, but damn it, we're going to get through these bad boys. This is the weekly preview show, also known as the weekly lineup show, also known as the week ahead podcast iteration. Also known as Just Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, and I am joined, as always, on our weekly preview shows by D-Ball B-Ball. I will call him also Derek, but uh, I like that. I like that damn handle. Uh, D-Ball, what's cracking, my man? Dan, I'm just living the dream today. You know, it's been, uh, it's it's not so nice where, where I am. We got our first snow of the year up in Ottawa, so uh, I, I'm happy to be cooped up. Nice and warm indoors, talking basketball with you and everyone else up there. I'm going to just check my phone real quick. I don't go outside very often because, you know, I'm uh, I'm a vampire. Uh, but it is 78 degrees in Los Angeles today, and it's going to be 81 each of the next two days before dropping down to a bragging. frigid 73 a week from today. So, you know, we're uh, we're in a tight spot over here. My voice is cooked, if people can't tell. I'm fighting my way through it. It's uh, it's this damn cold that the kids have brought. And I know you're actually fighting something as well. But between the two of us, two of us at 50% strength, we can make one competent uh, weekly preview. Um, Derek, by the way, you can all find on Twitter at the name that I actually called him when he came on the show, which is D-Ball, B-Ball. I am at Dan Vespers over on social media. We're going to be looking ahead at the week two schedule uh what teams have two games three games four games any streaming opportunities things of that nature because last week Derek we talked a bit about how streaming in week one can be a bit of a double-edged sword you might win one extra category in a given week and that's good but you might also accidentally drop someone who was a season-long value and that's probably more bad than the one weekly uh category win was good are we is week two starting to be an inflection point? Because I feel like, you know, two, three games, it's not much of a sample size, but at least we know about guys like a Paul Reed is a good example, who's just, like they said, all the right things, but he's the backup center right now. So is this a time to start thinking about streaming? Are you still waiting longer? How does strategy change for you between week one and week two? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the first week, it's more about, you know, asking the question, is this guy a good fit on my team? Second week is probably going to reveal the answer to that question. It's kind of tough for us, especially as analysts, because we are getting this question a lot. You know, should I drop this guy? Do I, you know, do I cut bait and run? Or, you know, do I trust myself? And I still tend to believe you should trust yourself. I mean, there are, you know, Paul Reed's a great example, person that I was very high on myself. I drafted him in a lot of spots and I am feeling like I got burned right now. Based on what I'm seeing in the rotation and, and enough consistency so far, yeah, you know what? There are some cases where you can just cut bait and run. You know, you've got those really inefficient rookies. Again, if you know if you feel like that's probably going to burn you more than it's going to help you, Alan Thompson, for example, then you know what? You're going to see him go to the wire a little bit more often. Um, but it's it's not time to cut bait on everybody. You know, just one or two bad games does not mean that you should be sending guys to the wire. I'm starting to see names like Josh Hart and Gary Trent Jr. pop up on the wire, and I just know that another week or two, they're going to be right back up on rosters again, and no one's going to remember that they had that one bad week to start. Don't let that be you. I'm, uh, I don't want to get into the specific names all too much. I just, Gary Trent is one of those guys that I just can't fully figure out what he's going to be with the Raptors this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know he got some more action this last ball game because OG Ananobi was out and 
yeah. there's this bouncing back and forth and it seems like they don't really feel like he's a part of their future but then he does still get a fair amount of playing time and anyway that's not even really the point of all of this stuff we got weekly things to discuss so what you're saying is a little is the short version yeah you're starting to stream a little now well, yeah, I mean, everything is good in smaller doses. I don't think it's time to go full board and just uh, flip over every single player that's bad right now. I mean, everyone has a bad week, and just because it's the first week doesn't mean it's going to play out like that. There is no trend for us to analyze yet, and we as analysts do look at trends. So, I mean, three days, it's a very small sample size. If you want to make, you know, if you want to infer too much out of that, then, of course, that's on you. Sometimes you'll be right. Sometimes you'll be wrong. Um, but if you're trying to make moves with certainty, you just can't say that you have that certainty yet. So it's time to err on the side of caution still. Um, maybe in another week or so is time to start really getting aggressive with those streams, I think. Derek's piece this week, by the way, has been pulled in front of the paywall over at Sports Ethos. Um, so it is a free preview week of the week ahead. That's the name of the piece. It is excellent, and I'm going to pull straight from it while we talk today. Derek, who are the two-game weeks this week what teams should we be avoiding well uh I, first off yeah i mean two game weeks are never ideal there is a little bit of nuance to this two game week that uh, at least one of these two game weeks that i'm looking at right now so there's four teams playing a two game week we got the rockets the clippers the sixers and the kings now among that group yes you're absolutely going to want to avoid the rockets and you're going to want to avoid uh, the Kings most of all. I gave those two, um, you know, they were basically an equal running for the worst schedule of the week. The other two, there is some redeeming qualities to them because really when you're looking for a stream, you're looking for a minimum two games in a three-day uh, window of time. And you can't actually get that from the other two two-game teams. So I do see a little bit of value in the Clippers and I do see a little bit of value in the Sixers. Um, because on that Thursday to Saturday stretch, you do get two to three game or two out of three games uh, from the Sixers. And on the, uh, let me just see the schedule here. We got a Tuesday, Wednesday back to back for the Clippers. So it's not that they're, you know, a terrible must avoid at all costs. It's just that you're really taking them for just a three day period if you do take those players. Are you looking at which teams have three games and four nights and back to backs all throughout the week already? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, for me, I, I like to make one move and stretch it as long as I can. Those are typically the most advantageous moves. If you can turn one move into three or four bonus games on your on your uh, roster, then that's something I think you got to do every time. Uh, situations might demand something different. Obviously, there's that player on a hot streak. Sometimes you just want to get them when you can. Um, but for me, I, I tend to like to stretch my streams out as long as possible. Are there any teams that fit that mold for you this week where the schedule is excellent say you know even four and six days today through saturday stuff like that where you can make one move and you can get four games and then leave yourself a window to make a move on the back end or is there a team that's sort of towards the back end of the week that's stronger or is that something you've already got laid out in front of you yeah, absolutely. Um, not quite in those terms, but I mean, the, the best way to put it would be if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at good ways to start the week. I don't think there's a better team to start with than the, than the Orlando Magic. You get a back to back Monday, Tuesday. You, you you rest a day on Wednesday, which is also the big, busiest day of the schedule anyway. So really, you're not losing much on that rest day. And then you come back again for a Thursday game where there's only four other teams or three other games happening. So, I mean, really, there is a lot to be gained with an Orlando Magic stream this week. I didn't actually give them my schedule of the week, though, because you can really close your week well with the Phoenix Sun. Now, they don't play on Monday. They start their first game on Tuesday, which, again, is all right, because Tuesday has, let me just see here, three games. Their next game back, you've got Thursday, four games. So another competitive advantage by going with the Suns here. 
and then they go into the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back on the road against Philadelphia and Detroit. Um, so I really think that you're going to get some really good value out of, obviously, the top Suns players. And if you can get a good stream that makes sense for your league, I think that's probably going to be the most rewarding team to take this, this week. You said the Kings were a terrible schedule. What makes theirs so much worse than the other two gamers? Well, it's uh, it's not so much just that they're um, just that they're worse. It's just that you're really only getting one day of value. Remember, I was saying before you want to get two in three days. There is no such opportunity with the Kings, right? You've got uh, well, they're on the road, uh, and I don't think they're going to be back in Sacramento until next Wednesday. I don't always like to go with teams on the road for one because you know you're just kind of playing with you know more interpersonal variables and things like that. I never trust the guys are going to have as consistent performances while they're on the road. And then you've got the fact that. Um, you know, the Kings don't start until Wednesday. So you're going two days without production. Uh, you're picking up, if you are picking up a Kings player, you're getting them on the busiest day of the week. You're resting two days if you keep that player. And then you're picking them up again on Saturday um, where you're not really going to see a lot of value there. Now, I, get, I did say before there is the Rockets um, who are also on a two-game week. Uh, they're actually going to be playing the Kings on Saturday, but I kind of prefer their schedule. And if we're looking at roster and the type of players that might be available to us as managers shopping on the waiver wire, I think you're going to be looking at a better pool of players from the Rockets. So I did actually give the Kings the worst schedule of the week, not as much because of the teams we are playing, but because of what's going to be available to us and what value we can squeeze out of that. Again, going a little bit further in there, not touching too much on the players we're looking at. But really, I'm not too impressed with what's going on with the Kings bench right now. I'm not putting a lot of faith in them to even perform in those two games. So it's just really just not a great time to be going with the the non-star Kings players, let's just say. Yeah, you've also got the issue now of De'Aaron Fox likely being out for the week uh, in a two-game week. So I think folks might be inclined to want to do some sort of replacing is that something you'd then want to talk them out of absolutely yeah no i'm i'm not going to try to talk you into taking the next guy up for for deer and fox it's not always a linear replacement now there are some players on that team i like i am personally a big fan of malik monk and kevin herter um but they're not point guards they're certainly not going to get you the assists they're certainly not going to get you the steals I mean, if they get you that kind of points, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's not something I think you can count on. So it's not like it's not like another sort of situation where you can just go one for one. If you are trying to replace De'Aaron Fox, there's going to be better opportunities elsewhere. I'm looking at your actual now. So there's a there's a the the week ahead written piece, which is live at SportsEthos.com. You also have sort of like a tandem piece that you've done on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. which is basically like your week two streaming strategy. I think people listening probably want the specifics, and you actually lined them out there. Who are some of the players you're looking at, say, for tonight, tomorrow, or tonight, tomorrow, just to get the week started? Do you have some names on your list? Yeah, you got a ton of options to start the week. I mean, it's if you are looking to stream right off the bat, I mean, an 11-game day gives you countless options. Now, I tend to believe that if you have 11 games, you might not actually have space on your roster. But if you do, that gives you so many things to choose from. The guys that I listed, you're, you're going to see it on your screen right now. I'm looking at Alec Burks, Cole Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., Herb Jones, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Suggs, Kelly Olenek, Keontae George. Those are kind of my top streams. There are some other guys that I might have included if uh, if Elon didn't limit the amount of characters I could use. <laughs> but you know what? If, if you're looking at a top group of guys, I think that's a good place to start. There might be some other names available that might be a little bit harder to predict depending on you know league to league. But I think that's a good sample size for the teams you're looking for. I tend to focus more on the teams than the players themselves. And then within that team structure, I tend to focus on the players that are available. 
Um, it's not always just about picking the best player for me. I really do focus on that schedule. And, uh, and those are just the teams that have the best options. We already talked a little bit about the magic, but um, if you do have space on your roster and you want to get two games in three days, you can start out the week with Detroit, New Orleans, Toronto, and Utah um, as a good way to do that. And then just kind of prepare to make your next move Thursday morning once you're done doing that two and three. And as folks that are watching on YouTube can see, and we'll go through some of these <clears throat> names here, Derek, it's especially helpful because I'm fighting this laryngitis, so I get to keep throwing it back yeah. your direction. Um, you actually have an, an eight, I think it's an eight tweet guide here that gets yeah. you through. First, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sort of a Friday, Saturday chunk. I'm scrolling down through it as we're doing it. I kind of double up on Friday. That's yeah. where you see that extra day come in there. Okay, so let's go through some of these things here because I think people want to plan ahead also. Um, sure. Who are some of the names that, that folks can see on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday if they want to plan a few days in advance now? So Tuesday, this one's kind of a, an iffy proposition right now just because I, I think we're kind of questioning the value of some of the players on the Spurs. But for me, I'm still focused on Jeremy Sohan as a great value add if he is available in your league. I know he kind of didn't really do much in his last game. But the Spurs, uh, again, they hit that two and three mark that I'm always looking for with the stream. You've got to get multiple games out of a player. And I think Jeremy Sohan uh, is most likely to be the standard league guy or the highest available standard league guy from uh, uh, from the Spurs. Now, if you are lucky enough to go to the wire and you're able to see a guy like a Max Struess or an Isaac Okoro, then I'm just go for it. Go for it. Don't don't wait. Don't question. Drop who you need to drop in order to get them based on the way they're playing and the fact that they're about to go on to a back-to-back -back Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, some other names you're going to see there, Bones Highland, uh, Josh Hart, I've already touched on him a little bit. I am a perpetual Norm, Norman Powell advocate, so I always love streaming him whenever I need some points. Um, that's a bit of a hot and cold player, but I tend to, being a Raptors fan, trust that he's going to have those hot games. Uh, and Quentin Grimes, those are some of the other names that I'm looking at for a really solid value um, stream on that day. Excuse me, coughing into the microphone, right? Right at the perfect opportunity. Um, <laughs> let me actually pivot you away from... Uh, not necessarily just week ahead, because that is what we're covering on this show, but sure. thinking thinking more uh, slightly longer term, what are some of the things you've seen over this first week as kind of like, call it a weekend review almost, things that you're excited about as we move forward, things you're excited about even just for week two, players that you're excited about, surprises, things like that. What's been the stuff that's, and I guess it could be good or bad on that front. Well, I mean, I, I have to start by saying that I am absolutely in love with what Jalen Duran is doing. Oh, my God. I don't think I'm in the minority here. We've all taken our time to gush over what he's doing. I do have him in a couple of leagues, and he has been a godsend for me. Um, on the flip side, you know what? I've been actually really disappointed in what I'm seeing from Memphis overall this year. Now, I'm, I'm seeing some uh, some good individual performances. I'm, uh, I'm not disappointed in the numbers that I'm seeing from Bain and Jaron Jackson in particular. But if we think about what we were saying before the draft happened, before our fantasy drafts happened, before the league started, you know, all things considered, we've got Steven Adams out, we've got John Morant down, everyone saying, you know, this is time for them to really exceed their value. This is time for them to do more than what they were doing last year. And in Jaron Jackson's case, I would say he's doing equal or less. In Desmond Bain's case, I think he's doing about the same, but I am not impressed with his efficiency. Um, going down that bench, I'm not really seeing a lot of uh, a lot of value outside of maybe an Xavier Tillman 
who is performing well statistically, but again, the team started out 0-3 in their first week, and they're trying to get into the playoffs. They're not off to a good start, and I tend to be concerned about teams with with uh, questionable, questionable vibes, let's say. Um, I'm super, super, super impressed with what we're getting out of the rookie class, especially defensively. I'm a guy that always tends to prioritize efficiency and stocks, uh, and I think there's just so many defensive studs that we've already seen come out of this class. I mean, I'm going to count Chet as a member of this class, even though technically he's not. Him and Victor Wembanyama uh, are some of the most elite shot blockers I've ever seen, certainly of their generation. Uh, and I think that a guy like Derek Lively with the Mavs has a lot of potential to be there too. Uh, he's certainly hitting a little bit earlier than I expected to, and he's someone that I've got really highly ranked as a as a potential value-added streamer or rest-of-season ad starting this week on Dallas's four-game week. Um, another guy who I think is just flying under the radar. Um, I don't know how you can do that as a second overall pick, but Brandon Miller just doesn't seem to be getting any attention at all. And to me, he's actually outperforming what I projected from him as, you know, as a rookie. I expected a lot more inefficiency, a little bit less consistency with the scoring. Uh, and it looks like he's doing really well and settling in really well so far. So I'm going to be really paying attention to what's going on there. Um, just really can't, haven't gotten over my heartbreak with the Paul Reed thing yet. I mean, that's that's all that's playing in the back of my head while I'm talking is just don't don't say anything bad about Paul Reed. Don't jinx it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah you know what? I'm just I bought all the stock and it's just. It's a penny stock now, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where a coach said all the things that we all wanted to hear, and then through three games, he's not played a single minute alongside Joel Embiid, and that yep. pretty much ruins whatever opportunity they have. You know what? I'm a Raptors fan, so uh, seeing Nurse's kind of wonky rotations and not using the bench is not an unfamiliar thing. And yeah. for me, it's really easy to say that he's not going to change his pace. I'm not expecting the bench to do anything unless there's an injury. So frankly, I'm just, I'm out. Now, um, Embiid eventually will miss some ball games. Uh, so that's true. In those, you'll and have... we're talking about streamers, so I think that'll be a good time for me to come in. <laughs> that's bur that's Burger Board City, baby. That's a three burger that's stream. Right. I haven't had a Burger Board yet because I didn't want to do it on week one. But uh, maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll throw some uh, some of them sandwiches up for week two. Uh, let me do a, a couple of questions here from the chat room related to the week sure. ahead. Frank Game Blouses. Says, are you starting Jakob Pertl or Kavon Looney? They both have four games this week, so I'm. We're thinking weekly lineup here. Yeah. So for me, um, it's normally in in any other week, or if I hadn't been watching so much Raptors basketball, I would almost always say Pertl. Something is going wrong right now. He is not getting minutes. He is not performing well in those minutes. And I think actually, if uh, if Precious Achua hadn't become doubtful for today, he was actually going to be the Raptors player that I recommended as a streamer because I'm expecting him at this point to get equal or more playing time to Pirtle. Uh, Looney, on the other hand, I think you're you're basically getting the same sort of average production. You're, you're losing a little bit of the blocks that Pirtle offers, but you're probably going to get a little bit back on free throws, uh, and you're probably going to keep your turnovers a little bit lower as a result. I just prefer Looney's consistency, if I'm being honest. Um, so in, in this week, I'm going to say Looney, but going forward, I wouldn't count that as something, uh, as a foregone conclusion, we'll say. Let's do one more from Frank because this is another weekly lineup decision. Keegan Murray with two games or Chris Middleton with three? And I don't. I'm, you probably have it right in front of you. Do the Bucks have? Do the Bucks have a back to back this week? Because that would be a Middleton. They with do two, not. Basically. They're doing three and five, and there's oh, okay. only really one valuable game uh, for the Bucks this week. They're playing Monday and Wednesday, which are both double digit game weeks. So I mean, Chris Middleton's the sort of player that you can start him with confidence in those games. Um, but it's. Uh, 
it's got to be hard to, to know what to say with Middleton right now. I mean, the Bucks are not great at communicating about his status. We know that he's dealing with injuries to his right everything and his left everything. Uh, and so you can never really be sure it's, what is going to happen right with Middleton. Now, you and I, I think, are going to agree that when he's playing, he's just you got to have him out there. He's, he's a potential top 50 producer. So that's the kind of value that you just don't leave on your bench. Um, so until we hear that he's injured, I have to assume that he's the better player between, uh, between him and Murray. Um, that's my choice. No disrespect to Murray though. I love him. Yeah. He's off to a really nice start this year. <laughs> um, let's see head. To, uh, all right. We're picking two for tonight in an overflow lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the choices are Walker Kessler, Xavier Tillman, Brute. Wait, we're picking two out of four. Five, so pick I guess. Kessler or Tillman. Oh, so one center. And Add then... them to Bruce Brown and then GTJ or Reeves, I think. Yeah, so one center, one other, I would guess. So Walker Kessler, Xavier yeah. Tillman is the center choice. Bruce Brown, Gary Trent, Austin Reeves is the uh, is the non-center choice. I <clears throat> Rough start for Walker Kessler. I still might go his direction <clears throat> despite it. Yeah, well, you got to look at who they're playing too. I mean, like the they're playing the Nuggets tonight. Uh, the day being the Jazz. So, I mean, who's who's on the Nuggets that they're going to need a center for? Hmm. Nobody. Yeah, right. So, yeah. I think Kessler's going. They're going to need every bit of Kessler tonight. I mean, Jokic is. I mean, he's everything. So, you're going to need someone out there who's defensively oriented and who's going to be able to take on that challenge. Kessler has to be the guy that you take on this. Now, again, big advocate for Tillman in, in any other circumstance. I'd tell you to start him, but if it's one or the other, it's got to be Kessler. You're just, you can't avoid those blocks, and you know the minutes are going to be there for a player that's guarding a former MVP. Yeah, and possible MVP again with the way this season's off and running. Um, and now yeah. of the other three, this is a toughie because Austin Reeves looks totally gassed, possibly from yep. Team USA stuff. He's just not himself yet. Eventually the legs are going to get underneath him, but – what day yep. that happens, we don't know. Um, what's the latest on OG? I actually was going to dig into that in a minute here. But if he's out, then you're sort of down to Gary Trent or Bruce Brown. I'm probably personally going Bruce Brown. I just like the across-the-board stuff. But maybe you take yeah. a shot on Gary Trent and hope that OG's out and he hits four or five three-pointers. That I, I don't know between those two. I'd probably lean Bruce. Yeah, so for me, I think we're, we're agreed that we're crossing Reeves off the list right now. We just need to see a little bit more from him. Um, and then Bruce Brown versus Gary Trent Jr. That's a bit of a tricky one for me because Gary Trent Jr. is about to go play Portland, yeah. uh, his former team, um, and also probably one of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, that's that's a recipe for a revenge game, and there's probably not a lot of people there that can stop him. I think he's going to want to have a really good game tonight, and I think this is a good recipe for for a breakout performance for him. Having said that, we haven't seen it yet, and I just I know Bruce Brown's playing well. So why why go against him right now? Indiana is going to be playing against who they have tonight, Chicago. That's a very winnable game. They're going to need a multi-tool player like Bruce Brown out there, and I think I think you just take the safe pick right now. If you're not sure, go with safe. I'm trying to figure out if I can find one more. Here we go. One more weekly lineup decision question. Uh, Nas Reed or Onyeka Okongwu weekly lineup decision here. Hmm. Okay. Minnesota's so see three. Minnesota's three games. Atlanta is also three games. They're playing on the same days as well. Mm. Actually, they they play each other on the first the first game of the week. So <laughs> that's a fun little twist for you there. Uh, it's got to be Okongwu for me. I mean, I just love his potential to produce defensive stats, rebounds, and just keep his efficiency really high. 
Um, he's not shooting a lot from the field or from the free throw lines. He's not really going to hurt you at all there, but uh, I know that he's going to give you plus value as a rebounder. He's probably going to be one of your better steals producers as a center, and you know that he's one of the best blocks guys in you know in the league. Uh, Nas Reed, it, you know what? As soon as there's an injury in the in the Wolves lineup, I'm going to be all over him, uh, and it's hard for me to resist adding him to my to my team, even with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert there. But the reality is that they're there. Um, and I, I just see more competition for playing time for Reed versus Okongwu. Um, and Reed being a more offensive oriented player, I think that he's more, um, there's more variability to how he can impact your team. Whereas I know Okongwu is going to come out with that defensive focus. That's basically what he's there to do. And so you should count on him to do that. And as Reed, he might get hot, he might get cold. He is D ball, B ball. On social media, he is Derek Ball in real life. Last question for you, Derek, before I send you off into the abyss. Um, towards the end of this week, since you and I are not going to talk between now and, and next Monday, <clears throat> what would you recommend folks do for the weekend? Is there a good plan of attack for Saturday, Sunday, even into Monday of next week, like sort of a rollover streaming idea? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I always try to, if I don't have my last move used up by Friday, I've got a plan to use um, most of my moves by, by Friday. Because again, I'm looking at that two and three window. Um, we had said a little bit earlier that that, that tweet thread that I had made before, I kind of doubled up on my Friday advice because that's the real last day that you can squeeze value out of week two. Uh, and I'll touch on what we can do to prepare for week three right after I finish this one up. But um, basically, from Saturday onwards, you've only got two teams that can give you um, two games. That's uh, Charlotte and Phoenix. So unless you know that you're going to go out there and you're going to get a really good Hornets or a really good Sun streamer, you kind of have to burn through all of your moves on Friday in order to make sure you're getting real value-added plays. And with that in mind, you've got Brooklyn, Chicago, Denver, and Indiana on a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. -back. If you are able to make a second move after that Saturday back-to-back, -back, you can still make a play for Sunday, which will actually give you a three and three. Every single day with one streaming spot will be filled. If you don't have that last move to make and you're kind of making your final move on Friday, then you're looking at teams that have a two and three schedule to close out the week. So you're looking at Cleveland, you're looking at Dallas, you're looking at the Warriors, you're looking at uh, the Grizzlies, and you're looking at the Blazers. Um, so yeah, you do have a lot of options to close out the week. You just have to make sure that you're not leaving any of your, if you do have weekly moves, you're not leaving any on the table. Um, because by the time it comes to Saturday, you really don't have any options to have value-added moves. And what are we doing here unless we're trying to get a competitive advantage? Now, say you're on Sunday or you're just trying to make your final move and you're already looking towards week three. There are, um, let me see here, one, two, three, four teams that can, um, that can get you a final uh, value-added play on Sunday if you are looking to make a move into next week because we've got uh, Dallas, Detroit, Golden State, Golden State, and San Antonio on a Monday or on a Sunday, Monday, back to back. Now that's not gonna help you win your week in week two, but it is gonna help you get an extra advantage for week three. Again, we're looking for value added. We're looking for ways to maximize our moves and make them stretch as far as we can. So if you're going on to Sunday, you have one move left and you do want to start preparing for your next matchup, you should be looking at guys like Alec Burks, Derek Lively, Isaiah Stewart, Jeremy Sohan, Kevin Looney, Moses Moody, uh, and a bunch of other players from those teams that I just named. I love it. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure.
Love being here with you. Love talking basketball. He's the man. He's the man with an actual plan. You know, you can say that expression, but this is where we're actually talking about a weekly plan. He is at D-Ball on social media. Go find him immediately. Derek, until next Monday. Dan, it's been a pleasure. That dude knows his damn weekly crap. He's so far ahead of the rest of us. That's why I like to have him on, because I haven't really looked past Wednesday on most of my stuff. Uh... And he has. And also, um, I really couldn't do another solo show. My voice is going to completely fall out the bottom of my throat. Uh, I do want to cover just a couple things very quickly here. We're not done with today's show yet. There are some more questions in the chat room that were not about weekly lineup stuff um, that I'll hit on a few of those. Uh, There's also some really funny comments in the chat room that I want to make sure you guys see and I read out loud. I also want to go through a couple of the injured players For folks that are making weekly lineup decisions, we'll do that as the very last thing before we sign off. Uh, So let's start working our way through that. Also, quick reminder here mid-show, please check out our buddies at manscaped.com. Use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Again, that code is ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order of the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 or the Handyman, the newest products available at manscaped.com. They are really most excellent. You guys have seen, I actually had this one. It was just sitting in the background here uh, from earlier today. I did this on earlier show, but now I'll do it again on this one. This is the handyman's box. You can see how small it is because I'm a small dude. And uh, there's there's your scale, size of my shoulder, basically. And then the actual device inside is like, I don't know, maybe about yay big. So pretty sweet. Travel electric razor. And my new lawnmower 5.0 should be coming in the mail any day now. And then I'll be showing off that glistening new device right here on some of these shows as well. Uh, A couple of the questions that were not related to a weekly lineup show. Um, Charlson says, Hey, Dan, what do you think about Denny Avdia rest of season top 90? Can you rank Denny, Melton, Delon Wright, Nas Reed in a vacuum? No, I don't think he's top 90. Um, I'm a little bit lower, I think, on Avdia than most or than some. Because he doesn't hit that many threes, he turns the ball over a lot. His percentages kind of hurt last year. Combination of rebounds, assists, and steals is fine. Um, But look, he's playing 24 minutes a game right now through their first two, and he's number 154. Full starters minutes, he could get to 90, but that would mean full starters minutes basically every night. And so that's why I'm I'm a little bit down on that. Sheldon asks, are you picking up Keontae George or waiting? Uh, I think I'm picking up. Not because I think something magical is about to happen in the next couple of days. In fact, I think this type of stuff, the, the Keontae situation feels like the kind of one where a lot of fantasy analysts are going to be like poking and prodding and asking why are they not moving him into the starting lineup. Um, and it's going to end up taking longer for it to actually happen in real life. Um, but I, I actually think you can pick him up because I think we've found some drops over the last few days, guys, that just have shown they, they're not going to have a role or the role that we were potentially hoping they might have over the first week. Someone like a Taylor Horton Tucker, who uh, you know had a massive preseason, but we got to the regular season and it's all the same old crap over and over again. Um, so guys that I think are droppable, and if you have sort of that dead weight, which is effectively what these guys are that are outside the top 200, you might as well pick up someone with a little bit of upside like George and see what happens. And if nothing happens, then you move on to the next one. This is a very funny comment from Show S. Who agrees with me? Dan looks like Mark Gasol. And I 
don't agree. Um, I haven't gotten too many lookalikes lately. When I was younger, I looked a lot like MTV VJ John Stewart, like pre-Daily Show John Stewart. Um, that's probably the closest one I've gotten. I'm gonna like look. I'm gonna put a picture of Marcus Soul up on the YouTube screen here, so you guys can see it. And I, I, I don't think that, I don't think you're gonna agree that this is anything. But uh, there you go. I'm not seeing it. Uh, here, wait. There's the face. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Next comment says Marcus O looks more like Josh Lloyd than Dan, in my opinion. And then everybody's laughing because, damn it, that actually is a really funny back and forth. Uh, and then Charleston's wondering why the show was five minutes late. Dan's checking to see if he looks like Marcus Soule and shaving his hairy chest because that was a comment that was from earlier in the chat room. You guys are amazing. Um, let's see what else we got here. Adam asks, Chris Paul or Derek Wright White rest of season? I think if you're just going straight nine cat ranking, it's probably going to be Derek White. Uh, but Chris Paul is going to get you that those those precious, precious assists that everybody's always hunting from the mid-rounds. And so that might be a reason to go the Chris Paul direction. Um, more name recognition than Derek White. People may just not fully appreciate how good he is, although I know, I know Derek White just had a gigantic ball game. So perhaps now is the moment when people are appreciating how good he is. Um, but this is one of those ones that, to me, is a little bit more team-dependent. Straight nine cat, though, Derek White is, is probably the answer to that question. Jay Wiz says, I won my cat league and I lost my sleeper league. Not bad for a basketball noob. Yeah, man, way to go. I hope that we've been able to help a little bit along the way. Nil says, my worst players are Xavier Tillman, Jalen Johnson, and Jeremy Grant. Or I drop one of them for a streaming slot. No, probably not. Uh... Tillman, in my eyes, would be the one that might get an axe in weeks when Memphis is not playing a giant front court. Hugo says, 10-man points league. Do I drop Moses Moody for Max Struess? Yes. Do I drop Walker Kessler for Rob Williams? No. Rob Williams is already sitting out a game for rest. That's going to be a fatty, fat headache the rest of the way. Marco says, is Jalen Green a keeper for a points league? Yeah, I think for points leagues, I'm good with it. Because all of Jalen Green's issues are the categories that points leagues sort of disfavor, the the percentages, turnovers, things like that. Category leagues, he's a hard no. Who has a bigger week, Xavier Tillman or Jalen Johnson? Uh, Memphis has four games, so probably Tillman. You go with the extra ball game. If it's just per game, it's Johnson. But because you get the extra game out of Tillman, I think you go that way. John says, someone dropped Zach Collins in my league, and I'm debating on whether to drop DeLon Wright, Kyle Lowry, or Derek Lively. You're dropping Kyle Lowry, John. That's a pretty easy call. Khan says, Dan, you said Jalen Duran is a sell high who might be able to garner a third-round value. To think De'Aaron Fox is a possible target. I don't think you'll be able to get De'Aaron Fox because he scores too much and his name is, is too buzzy, although the fact that he just got hurt maybe gives you an opportunity. So try it. I doubt it works, but you never know. Maybe that team is thinking, ah, I can't deal with an injury right now, and blah, blah, blah. Also, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga? Um, I don't have that many thoughts on Kaminga. I think he's generally a little bit fantasy overrated, um, mostly because he can do some stuff. Like, he can do a few across-the-board things, but he has issues with percentages, with turnovers, with the trust of Steve Kerr, 
and he hurt his knee in their last ball game, so that sort of caps out any chance for him to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, 18 says, Pirtle's on the waiver wire in my points league. Should I drop Daniel Gafford or Xavier Tillman to pick him up? Thank you. Um, I think I probably would drop Tillman for him, but if nobody's scooping him up, I guess you could let it go. Yeah, I think I'd probably rather have Pirtle over Tillman. Uh, Alex Russo and Nas Reed, worth a pickup? Um, I picked up Nas Reed in a couple of spots. Interested to see how that goes, because if he actually gets 24, 25 minutes a game, he would be a fantasy value. But maybe we just got a little bit lucky the first two. Hey, Dan, this is Tupadre. Says, I just traded Xavier Tillman for Oneka Okongwu. What do you think about it? I love it. Great job. Yeah, great trade. Aaron says, should I start Scoot, Conley, or Keontae tonight? Only one guard slot open. I'll go safe and I'll go Mike Conley. Nils says, you recently gained three viewers from our league from Germany. Your content is now official proof for player evaluation. Thanks, man. You know how hard it is? You know, the problem among... Many problems among... Uh, being a fantasy analyst. But one of the big ones is if people find you and they like your advice, they're not going to tell anybody about you. It's really hard. So anytime you guys are kind enough to let somebody know that's a competitor, that you like me, and then they find me too and you lose your competitive advantage, that's like the ultimate sacrifice you're making. I really appreciate that. Show S says, more like Steve from American Dad. I'm pretty sure that's the kid. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a dweeb. I'm okay with that. He says he's kidding. That's fine. We're just having some fun. Uh, Archaic Sun says, what kind of expectations should we have for Trey Murphy? Any news on him coming back soonish? No, I think we're still probably about a month out. And I don't actually know that he's going to have a, a spectacular role on that team because they're playing well. Um, and they have all three of their big usage guys. Kuzma ranking for points league? Question mark. Pretty good. I mean, his issues are field goal and free throw percent. So... Um, yeah, I mean, he should have been someone that went relatively early, you know? I uh, I don't have much to add there. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good points league value. There's been a request that I put a picture of Steve from American Dad up on the screen, so uh, let's do that now. YouTuber's getting a delightful little bonus here. There he is. Is that me? His eyebrows are kind of high. Should I raise mine up? Should I do one at a time? Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson used to do? We'll leave Steve from American Dad up there for a minute. I hope I don't get a copyright issue for this. Let's take that down. Um... Uh, Mitso says, Herter is my worst player in an 11-man Roto League. I need threes. Do I keep him or stream his spot? Uh, if you have a games cap, you definitely keep him because you need threes. If there's no games cap, you probably stream it. Freaky says, is there anyone you're projecting could earn a bigger role? Uh, you know, I haven't really gone that far down the rabbit hole yet. If you really look like this is the type of stuff we should be doing in January. So let's just say no right now. Let's just say no. Easy answer. No. Will Royce O'Neal, Jake asks, be a top 120 player in 9-cat? Once that team is healthy, no. 
Kivo says, what's up with Kessler? Yeah, you know what? I don't entirely know. Uh, he also had a Team USA experience like Austin Reeves, and for some reason some of these guys have kind of come, come back and been a little goofy. Uh, I think maybe Utah's just making him earn it a little bit, but he's their center of the future, so I think we'll get around on him pretty soon. Cano says, rank them. Nas Reed, Wendell Carter Jr., Derek Lively, Robert Williams. Uh, let's go. Hmm. Robert Williams is getting all these days off, so he can't possibly be at the top of the board for head-to-head. Roto, if you don't care about the days off, that, that puts him first. Head-to-head, it's probably Wendell at the top, and uh, then Time Lord, then Nas, then Lively. Uh, Roto, it's probably Time Lord, then Nas, then uh, Wendell, then Lively. Fricky says that's facts about not wanting to tell the league members about fantasy analysts. Yeah, it's tough, man. We can't win by word of mouth. We have to try to spread through every other way. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Tu padre. Ah, the way you say tu padre, you look more and more like Gasol. You got the accent. I took 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade Spanish. And yes, perhaps those were the years 1995 to... No, no, actually I think it was earlier than that. 19, uh, yeah, 1995 to 1998. But I got the accent down. I still remember a handful, a little itty bit, un poquito. I still remember a little bit of Spanish, and I can read it and really sound like I know what I'm doing, but I won't have the first bleeping clue what I'm saying. I do remember swear words, though, so at least I got that going for me. Quoth Bill Murray from Caddyshack, so I got that going for me. Prot asks, should I trade Pirtle for Terry Rozier? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Depends what your team needs at that one. Navzad says, 11 category, head-to-head Dynasty League. Oh, we're getting into the weeds on this one. I have the chance to trade Tyrese Maxey and Nikola Vucevic. Oh, Vuce. Maxey and Vuce for Demonis Sabonis. This is a good trade. I have Jokic and Shangun and like the idea of owning playmaking bigs. Uh, yeah, it's probably an okay deal. Uh, I don't know what the 10th and 11th categories are, so that does... Complicated a little bit. Um, 
If this was nine cat, I might say stay put because I think Tyrese Maxey is going to have an absolutely monstrous year. I don't know what the 10th and 11th categories are. You know what? Stay put. Maxey might beat Sabonis this year. Different kind of game, yeah, but whatever. Show says, this was my first year playing fantasy basketball. Your show has been a great help. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you watching. And the hilarious commentary. Actually, I might even appreciate the commentary more. Daniel Benny says, I'm almost bummed that I already got Jalen Johnson last pick in the draft because he was the most obvious pickup last week, fiending for some early season steals. Gotta love the B-150 for the wreck, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a little bit of a letdown, but you just have to find your joy in a different thing. The joy isn't in making the quickest pickup. The joy is in laughing at your opponents that you drafted the guy that you know they all went to go try to pick up when Johnson had that first big ball game on Wednesday of last week. Everybody in your league was like, ooh, should I pick him up? And then they were like, ah, Benny drafted him. So enjoy that. Rotoball says, is it worth trying to trade Paul George for Jason Tatum or another first-round guy? Yeah, worth it. Worth a try. It's probably not going to work, but you could try. Samuel says, can't decide who's my worst player. I need to drop one. Choices are Gordon Hayward, Derek Lively, Xavier Tillman, Benedict Matherin, and Asser Thompson. It's not Asser. Hold on to him. I would hold on to Tillman. It's between Gordon Hayward, Derek Lively, and Benedict Matherin. It's probably Derek Lively because Dwight Powell was healthy for their last game and Lively only got, what, 12, 13 minutes, something like that? Uh, I think Jason Kidd's going to be mixing and matching at the center spot basically all year long, and that's going to be a huge pain in the tuchus. Hugo says, what's up with Giddy? He had an all right first game, then two relatively dud games. Do I look at moving him in a points league? Uh, no, you don't try to move a guy after two quiet games. You move a guy after big ones. And frankly, I think he'll be fine in points leagues. But you guys, I mean, you guys watched all my preseason shows. I am not high on Giddy. I think he's fine, but his job wasn't getting any bigger. Ryan says OG is expected to play, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. I saw that flash past on Twitter while I was talking to Derek a few minutes ago. OG Ananobi is expected to play, so I'm expecting uh, kind of a wimpy little game out of Derek White. Not What am I saying, Derek White? Gary Trent. I'm all over the map here. When you're reading one thing and saying another. How much fab would you drop on Walker Kessler or Onyeko Kongwu? It's a $100 fab budget, so this is like a Yahoo uh, public prize league. For reference, Xavier Tillman went for five bucks. Derek Lively went for four. Walker Kessler, I'd probably drop a solid a solid fifteen bucks on right now because people are freaking out. I might even go higher. And uh, Okongwu, I'd probably go ten or eleven, maybe go eleven to try to beat out somebody who puts a round number in there. But you're gonna want to use a, a, a decent sized chunk. You're not gonna want to go too much bigger than that. I don't think I'd go bigger than twenty one on Kessler. But when he gets this thing turned around, that's a guy that has a chance to be a top fifty dude. And those guys are big deal. So don't. Don't go too low on this one. So maybe you go 21 and 11. You can ace yourself out of pickups later, but probably worth it. Are you still high on DeLon Wright? Yeah, I think he can be a top 75 guy in 24, 25 minutes, just like he did last year. Jason says, best fantasy basketball show on YouTube. I hope my league mates don't watch. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. This is, again, how the hell am I going to spread the word about Sports Ethos and Dan Bespris as a human? If y'all won't tell each other. You're killing me, Smalls. Is Amin Thompson a pickup? Not yet. You think LeBron might be out today? Uh, last report was that he was probable. And I really do think the Lakers want to open the season 2-2. Two and two. 
they don't want to get into one of those holes like they did last year. And they have a hard, hard schedule to start the year. And the Magic are a good ball club, but, you know, they're not the Nuggets, and they're not the Superstar Suns, and they're not the Kings. They're not quite to that level, so the Lakers see this game as one that they want to win here early. And if anything, you may have seen the Lakers take yesterday off, but they played in that one, so I think they'll play in this one too. Dupadre's back. Any concern over Cam Johnson? Do you think injuries are going to be a recurring thing? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He's been banged up throughout his NBA career, and so that is kind of annoying. But at this point, you just got to wait it out. Marco, DeLon Wright or Jalen Green in a points league? Uh, Jalen Green. Daniel Benny, way too early most improved player of the year prediction. Boo. This usually ends up going to somebody who just got a bigger role as opposed to somebody who actually got a whole heck of a lot better. But it's obvious. I mean, Jalen Duran right now. Is went from like nothing to superstar, <laughs> which is not true because again, I don't think anybody told you to pick him up earlier than I did last year, which is pretty rare for me in a rookie. That's usually the way this thing goes. Um, Tyrese Maxey has a massive year; he'd be in the running. Um, I don't think it's going to be any on the Spurs unless they really get their act together. And it doesn't feel like that's happening anytime soon. Uh, Cade has a shot if you want to stay in Detroit. Jordan Poole if Washington isn't a complete disaster. Hmm. Those are probably the best ones. Yeah, how about those? Jeremy Grant versus Brooke Lopez to start tonight in Roto. Give me Brolo. I think he's ready for the broke out game. Somebody dropped Bradley Beal. What? How much fab would you drop on him? Possibly all of it. <laughs> That's absurd. That's a guaranteed top 60 player. Why on earth would somebody drop Bradley Beal? Um, you're going to put yourself in a real fab hole, but you should be spending more than half of your annual budget to get a fifth-round pick off the waiver wire seven days into the season. At least $51, maybe more. Jason says, good point. I will yell from the mountaintops to watch your show. Thanks, Jason. You no longer hurt my heart. Now you fill my heart with happiness. Like the kids' book that uh, talks about everybody's different emotions, this is when my heart feels glad. Could you see Kelly Oubre being sixth man of the year? Uh, depends heavily on the Harden stuff. Because if Harden gets traded, they're going to get a bunch of dudes back that are all going to take his stuff. The only way this works is if Harden just sits out for four months. And that would be horrible for all of us. So probably not. All right, folks. Good luck this week. Set your lineups. Thanks to Derek at D-Ball B-Ball. I am at Dan Bespris. Like, rate, subscribe on the way out. Back tomorrow. We'll break down the big Monday card, and I think we're going to be talking to Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports slash Roto World manana. If I can get that scheduling worked out, that would be sweet. By the way, also, good news, Jaden McDaniels just got cleared to play for uh, later tonight, so he'll make his season debut. Don't expect him to play a full 35 minutes, though, so uh, just to sit on that one a little bit longer. Oh, I don't know what I forgot to do. Uh, no more questions. Sorry, guys, to those that are here at the end. I know everybody started to sign off, and then I remember there was something I wanted to do, and that was talk about the guys that are uh, game-time decisions. Kyrie Irving is a game-time decision. 
he's apparently dealing um, with a, a foot issue. This kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but the Mavs, I believe, have a four-game week, so he's a start. Um, Devin Booker is probably a sit, considering he's doubtful for their game tomorrow. Uh, it is a four-game week, so maybe you still get two out of him if you really want to roll the dice. Makes me pretty nervous. Uh, he's 50-50. I wouldn't kill you if you started him, but if you want to play it safe, you can do that. Donovan Mitchell uh, is questionable for the Cavaliers for their next game. It's a four-game week. I'm going to trot him out there because I think we get two, maybe three out of him. Let's keep going down the board here. James Harden's a no. LeBron is a yes. Bam is a yes. He's been playing through stuff, although he just did get downgraded to questionable. Um, so that would take him down to just a two-game week. But Bam also plays through stuff. So I think you're almost definitely getting two games out of him. Darius Garland is a, is a tough one. Um, he's got ruled out of Tuesday's game a day in advance. Um, Cavaliers, as we just talked about, have a four-game week, but it seems like you're getting cut down to probably two at most out of him. So I think I would bench Garland. You're benching Nick Claxton. You're benching De'Aaron Fox. You're benching Cam Johnson. You're benching Bradley Beal. You're benching Jarrett Allen. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is questionable with a hand injury. He's a start. He's been amazing so far, and I'm thinking he's going to try to go if he can. Klay Thompson has a game-time decision tag. Right knee soreness. Um, that's probably them trying to figure out if they want him to play in a back-to-back. -back. He's a start because this is not a real thing. Time Lord is already out for uh, one half of the back-to-back. -back. Three games of him versus four of somebody else. You can probably find somebody playing four. That's how far do we need to go on this thing. Uh, Daniel Gafford has been downgraded to out for Monday's game. That's a huge pain in the butt. Just two games in, and his second one was a pretty good one, which means that he is now down to a two-game week. So Daniel Gafford is a bench in a two-game week. Bench in a two-game week. Obviously, Boyan Bogdanovich, Trey Murphy the third. those guys are still benched. Tari Eason benched Ivica Zubats uh, dealing with a quad injury. And the Clippers, I believe, didn't we just talk about them having a two-game week? So Zubats is a bench as well. And that is as far as we will go. Um, we uh, got one more question right at the very end. Tommy Nguyen says, start CP3 or Keontae George in a points league. I'll go Chris Paul on that one. Okay, this went longer than I expected. I got to go get my kid at preschool. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the Big Monday card, and uh, we'll talk to you then. So long for now, everybody. See you guys over on social at Dan Vespers. <laughs>